Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where we talk all things Commander. And today we got a spicy one. We're going to talk about uh, the 10 times when EDH rec is wrong. <laughs> that sounds blasphemous, but do <clears throat> throw a disclaimer out there. We love EDH rec. We all use EDH rec. And for the most part, it's correct. Uh, but it is just a data resource. And sometimes you need to put a critical eye to the data. And sometimes the data can be misleading. So we're going to try to pull out examples where we think uh, you can't take the data at face value. Uh, so joined with me today is Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing, Seth? I am doing super well. Excited to talk about some uh, EDH track. It's a great deck building tool. So I'm excited to delve into it and the data. Tomer, Budget Commander, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm excited to trash on my main competitor. I'm watching you, EDH Rec. I'm watching you. <laughs> no, I, I use EDH Rec too. It's great. Krim, <laughs> uh, the Asian Avenger, rocking full Grixis today. Unintentionally. Actually, unintentionally. <laughs> I don't uh, believe but, but <laughs> I just like My Chemical Romance, all right? <laughs> that was it. Uh, but but uh, yeah, like I'm excited to be here, talk about some of these cards that are Wow, there are some numbers attached to these cards. That's all I'm going to say. All right, before we get into today's show, uh, we have a sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic cards. Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing, time, and work associated with buy listing. Their curated service lets you send in as many cards as you want with buy list value of $1 more, and you pay just a 5% service fee. You can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards and pay only 2%. You get a detailed report and fast payment once your order is processed. You can get 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Thank you, Card Conduit, for supporting today's show. And uh, if you didn't know, we also have a Patreon. So you go to patreon.com slash mtggoldfish. Uh, you can directly support us by subbing there. We have some cool videos like Krim uh, abusing the Codfather in Baldur's Gate 3 by doing <laughs> unnameable things. <laughs> uh, so yeah, check that out. So let, let's let's jump into EDH Rec. So uh, we looked at all the top cards and we looked at cards that, you know, we think shouldn't be there or there's a little question mark. Maybe needs a little more investigation. And I'm going to start off with Brainstorm. Brainstorm is played in 25% of blue decks. And I have to ask, but why? <laughs> so there, there are some plausible, we're like, maybe... Maybe it's because it's in a pre-con. It's, it's not in a pre-con. Uh, maybe it's CDH. Like, it's, is it even good in CDH? I know. So here's the thing. Here, I, I think we are being corrupted by 60 card players. Uh, we all know that Brainstorm is one of the best 60 card cards of all time. It is like the, the pillar of legacy. The OP blue card that cannot be banned because like our whole format revolves around it. I, I say it sucks in, in Commander. You don't have enough fetch lands to activate it. Uh, and even if you do, it still kind of sucks. It, like, it just cantrips. Like, in 60-card in formats, right? If you are a, a deck and you don't want to flood out, one of the things you do is you, you hold onto your lands, you brainstorm, put the extra lands back on top, crack a fetch. That's a, essentially an ancestral recall in 60 card formats in commander you need all of your lands like you're not going to go to four lands and then just hold your lands in hand to you know to to discard or to uh, i guess cycle with brainstorm right because your commander will die you need the commander tax you need to get to like eight ten man or whatever to like two turned uh double spelled in a turn so brainstorm effectively is just this weird cantrip just play opt, surveil, like, I don't know, like, anything, literally anything else. Like, Brainstorm Wait. sucks, right? Like, it is so overrated. I Richard, why are you spitting so much facts right now at the start of <laughs> So true. Like, it really is insanely overrated in 25%. One in four blue decks. <laughs> why? Yeah, dude, yeah. I play it in every, like, deck at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is just an auto, right? This is, like, this is a lock. And then every the only lock that was happening was myself out of getting it, progressing my game plan because I would just brainstorm lock myself all the time because it it isn't it isn't like the same in that like you know like in in a sixty card format like you had mentioned I think this is actually worse than a cantrip because like I it's I feel like in a cantrip I know Seth's like about to like like wincing and dying over there <laughs> yes, but a like, little bit <laughs> dude it is I think it's somehow worse than a cantrip. 
because at least a cantrip it replaces itself it does all these things and, and like it, it i feel like i'm actually progressing my game plan and able to like go farther into my deck but sometimes like yes i get a i get like essentially a sneak peek right at my three cards i put two back and then i just get stuck and i need to change my game plan it doesn't allow me the flexibility i'm like now locked right hmm. and though that's easy to like get around i like and trust me i brainstormed my th way through 60 card right that's fine it's much easier in a 60 card format where your density and your consistency of fetch lands is much easier to work with whereas in in a hundred card holy mother of god it is hard to use a brainstorm <laughs> efficiently if i'm y'all Oh, go ahead, oh, Nomer, go ahead. Uh, no, I'll, I digress. Okay, well, if I may, I'll be I'll be the champion of Brainstorm a little bit. I no, agree. The, the problem is everyone is championing Brainstorm. Tyler. Yeah, well, that's because the problem. That's the best part of magic, obviously. <laughs> but but I agree that it is highly overrated. I don't think uh, of of uh, four like twenty five percent of all blue decks should be running it. However, it's not just good with fetch lands. It's not just good for with shuffle effects. Uh, one of the most popular commanders in the format is Eureka the Tiger Shadow, and Eureka cares about having the top card of your library be a big high mana value uh, card because then you get to drain for more. So anything that cares about putting stuff on top of your library to make sure you hit something really sweet like your Rico is going to also really enjoy this card. So it's not just shuffling. And then also cards that say like, would you like to, if you draw like two or more cards in a single turn, your second card each turn, uh, a Laundra Sky Dreamer is one of those criteria too. Brainstorm does draw three cards. Like, yes, it's not very good as a cantrip, but it has added synergy with other type of cards. So care about uh, having certain things on top of your library and caring about drawing X amount of cards all at once which brainstorm is very good at both yeah and uh, also like to add on to that though like niv niv's a very popular commander that cares about just how many cards do you draw locust god how many cards do you draw so in that context it's one mana trigger my locust god three times one mana get three niv triggers like so there are a lot of synergies here so is it overrated probably and a lot of people also play brainstorm like very poorly i've been learning that because they just put timeless on arena and seeing all these people who have never played brainstorm before like <laughs> waiting to the end step and just firing it off with no fetch land or anything it like kind of hurts so i think I, it is overrated and people play it wrong but there are a lot of like legitimate uses i don't think it should be a zero percent card it, it shouldn't be 25 percent. Sure. but i think there is like a solid like 10 percent or something like it, uh, it is a like, very good in certain decks I, I fully agree that in, in specific decks, sure. But also, so, there's also the people that are falling out of the trees tell you, like, you know, like, hey, sort of whatever, the blue and black one is good in certain decks, right? Yes, <laughs> well, there's always a certain deck in Commander, right? That exists. Yeah, we ignore but those I think people, more often, right, Krim? <laughs> huh? No, 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 no. Blue, black sword? Whoa, it's not playable. It's not blue. You meant... Body you, and you mind get the brainstorm oh, back the same thing with me. the blue black sword. Ooh, yeah, you, sure. But like, like I'm gonna say that I think that in reality there are more decks than that that, that are playing this card more than they should be. Right? Like, I uh, in in a sixty card format again. Right? Like, it's it's very like at, at like it. You have to be very 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 sure about how you use your brainstorms, uh, and and that makes sense. And there's more uses in sixty card, right? Like if I get thought seized in response, I'm gonna hide away my good stuff, right? And the, and then like not get got by the thought seized. Whereas, I mean, Commander unless all star thought seized. Yeah, I was like, hold on, you see that? And then like you got you got the one guy. You know, you got the one person that decided, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna thought seize somebody today. All right, but like. Other than that, like I, I don't see a purpose for it in, in Commander. I, I think you're all right, right? So I think this is one of the cases where you see 25% and you need to think really hard. Like if you're playing Niv Mizzet, if you're playing something that cares about drawing cards, like if you have your own Orcish Bow Masters, okay, like this is better than a cantrip. But I can guarantee you 25% of decks are not those decks. And also, you need to think about it. You can't just slap Brainstorm in a deck, right? If you're playing Brainstorm, you need to load up with shuffle effects. And uh, those would be fetch lands, but they can be stuff like, I don't know, like Nissa, Land mm. Search, Ramp, like Ramp yeah. Growth, stuff like land that. Land tags. But yeah, so that, that's some extra information that EDH Rec doesn't really tell you. Uh, so, so be careful. Uh, and like Krim said, if you're just playing a generic deck, like where you're just like, oh, I need some card draw or consistency or something, the answer is not Brainstorm, right? Mm -hmm. I think Surveil or Opt, 
because uh, remember, you can also get got, right? There could be a Narset on the battlefield. There could be an Orcish Bowmasters on the battlefield, a Shouldred. So just drawing cards for no reason can also be uh, bad for you as well, uh, just, just for the sake of cantripping. Yeah, I think one uh, important tool of EDH Rec is that when you see a card and you're like, oh, it gets played a lot, click on the card and see where it's being played most because that's probably going to give you a good idea of what it's actually good at doing and not be like, oh, it's it's high high percent, so therefore it's good everywhere. It's like, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, Krim. Give us, give us an overrated EDH misleading card. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm very curious if y'all, like we, we, we've done a podcast, right, on mana dorks and, or one drops and stuff like that in Commander. Uh, but one of the things that really caught me off guard is that Deathrite Shaman is in 13% of decks. And I'm just wondering... Outside of like mana dork dot deck and like maybe maybe and I mean really maybe elves right like because it's not even a good elf right but like to play in an elf like like you know kind of like kindred style deck so I am curious how this is a thirteen percent card because it relies on a fetch land every time on the follow up turn between four players I think Seth sat there did the math for us. Uh, let's just like, what is, what is the average amount needed? Right. Seth, cause I, I, I forgot you, we oh had God. you pull up a calculator. It, it, it was, I something like 10 fetches equals like 50% or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, to it have it on like that. turn two or something. Between, yeah, to have yeah. it like between four decks. Yes. So that's only your deck decks. though. No, oh, yeah, that's just for your deck. If, You're like, but 50%. other people have fetches. It goes up. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, like even, even then it's, it seems like. Fetch lands are something that I don't see that often. In and and I'm wondering if y'all are just like me. And the reason why I don't play that many fetches, I'm tired of shuffling. <laughs> like my hundred cards. Yes. So okay, okay. Like legitimately, wait. My, you're, my... Y'all are too lazy to play the best lands of yeah. Magic. Is that what I'm hearing? I have I have a five <laughs> yeah, color legitimately. deck. I have taken out all my fetch lands because I was like, no. Nope, not doing it. Dude, we, we need a new podcast. The 10 laziest ways to yes. optimize your magic. I have time. Like, I mean, I'm playing Guildgate. I don't want to shuffle. Homer and I are in agreement of like chromatic lantern because it's like, yo, yes. I don't got to think about what mana. I, I don't want to think. I would, right? I would <laughs> almost put that on. Think. I almost put that on the list today, chromatic lantern, but then I remembered there's lazy people like Krim and Tomer who just don't want to think about it, so maybe it's properly rated. Like I'm sorry, I just want to have there. fun and play <laughs> we're, we're, we're I'm not the... sweating over here. <laughs> We're in the la- lazy EDH or Slack call. We just got that going. Hey, I'm in the, the lazy <laughs> What's the new way to there? cut corners? The lazy river. But like death right, right? Like it's it, it, that has to. It's not. It's never 100 a mana dork. It's like 25 percent or maybe 33 percent of the time a mana dork. Uh, and then it's not full graveyard hate, right? Because it's graveyard hate for one instant or sorcery. Right, which you have to pay mana for, by the way. And then, like, you know, and then the green side of it, the green activation ability only hits a creature. And one thing we've learned in 2023 is that, yo, First off, artifacts, they got to go like, 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 right. We're now maybe learning that I've gotten lots of people now tweeting and telling me, Krim, you're right. The artifact player does need to go. And it's true. They do. Even artifact players, Tomer, chuckle and know that it's true. So there's a lot of permanents that are missed on here uh, that I think are problematic as well. And this requires, you know, like. I, uh, like Tomer had mentioned it before when we did the Graveyard Hate podcast, I would play, I, I would argue that even like a Soul Guide Lantern is better than this if I wanted Graveyard Hate. So this is not pure Graveyard Hate. It's not a Mana Dork full time. It's like a part time. It's an, it's a paidless intern. <laughs> like it's not full time. I'll tell you that. So- so we already we already had this big debate about death right i'm still i think tomer was also a death right believer and you and richard are like the death right i think it's trash so uh, there's probably not any reason to rehash that whole argument go watch the one rot podcast is that where that happened but i will say as far as edh wretch oh was it the graveyard hate podcast uh graveyard hate podcast (laughs) both of them yeah maybe we've had this conversation a few times i will say though 
if uh, I think this illuminates something about EDH Rec. I would argue that its number is actually pretty pop, uh, properly rated on EDH Rec. Because if you look at the decks that are playing this, almost all the, actually literally all of the like top six or seven most popular ones are CDH partner pairings. That is like the decks that are driving this 13% number are all these CDH decks. In CDH, everyone's playing four and five colors. Everyone is playing 10 fetch lands to get all their mana perfectly with their original dual lands. In a game where there's 40 fetch lands at the table and you're trying to be really fast and efficient, I think this is like, a legit all-star. Why would you not play that in that context? The math in a 40 a 40 fetch lane game is that this is always going to be a mana dork for you. And if you scroll down a ways, you'll see that where people are playing it in casual are graveyard decks like Tassiger, Hogak, Gritrog Monster. And in that context, where the whole game plan of your deck is, I'm going to fill my graveyard as fast as possible, then the fetch land number doesn't really matter as much because you're going to be getting lands in your graveyard in other ways, and it's going to be a real mana dork. So I actually think this number, if you... Know that EDH rec includes CDH and casual games together, and they match those together to get to one number. I actually think this number is pretty reasonable when you throw the CDH aspect in there. I think it's even more reasonable. I agree with all that. I think it's even more reasonable because it's 13, it's not 30% of all decks, it's just 30% of green black decks, which the number of green black decks, like decks that can run both green and black versus like all. Like or just blue when we're talking about brainstorm is much much lower. So thirteen like even if we're looking at like Golgari decks or Golgari plus decks, it's only thirteen percent. I think that's actually like reasonable. I think that's like properly rated. This is telling me that commander players are all boomer Jun players <laughs> and are trying to reignite the glory of Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> This card is so, like, even if you're a graveyard deck, like, you have to think about it. You have to put together a combo, and then your payoff is you have a mana dork, right? So the, the biggest upside to this is if you have bow masters running around your meta, like, no tomorrow, and you need the one-two toughness to survive. Uh, because unlike 1v1, people in commander can deny you your deathrite shaman, right? I can play... I can like not play my fetch until turn three or four. I can play a fetch and just hold it up, right? In 1v1, that's a death sentence because you've time-walked yourself. In commander, like nothing is happening. You can actually just hold it up and wait and play a slower game because there's four other players. So it's very easy to die death, right? To power up your Tassiger, like how are you going to cast all your other spells if you don't use your mana dork, right? And then remember, it's not a land in the graveyard. Once you use it, it's gone. You need to replenish with another land. Right. So it's just so risky. And then if you run into Tomer, who's running like 50 basics or whatever, like you're like, oh my goodness, this card sucks. Right? Yeah. Like, Tomer so gamers. Much... <laughs> well, there's so well, much basics downside. Just keep I better. Think... Basics just keep getting better. No, but like if you're at a CDH table, what are the odds that like turn one, nobody played like a fetch land and cracked it? Or like turn I two? Mean, like everybody's low. running all of the fetch lands, right? There's like 10 in each person's deck. Right. So, I mean, you play some CDH, Richard. Does your opinion also hold for CDH? Or are you just speaking like you don't like I've, it in casual? I've never seen a Death Rite Shaman in CDH. Oh, really? <laughs> like, I've actually never seen it. Like, I don't know. Like, you, you would like typically people play the zero mana mana rocks and then the one mana mana rocks. Like, yeah. To me, it's like it has to be like a, a green deck. Like, like have to green, be a green is not as popular deck. of a color. Yeah. Right? Like, that's not a popular color for like your storm styles. So, and you can't like, be like Kinnon or anything. Also, you have to be in also, black. Also, this well. is this has been overshadowed and thrown out because, you know, a 100, a full time mana dork again uh, is like something, the whatever, delighted halfling. That's like, that's from, nice yeah. From, like that, from that, that, that gets really played good. in CDH, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to think like, what you care about this is if someone like Underworld breaches or something and you snipe the key card. Yeah. But A, that's two mana, right? Because your your mana dork is a mana and then the, the mana to activate it. But like, is there just a single card you can snipe to end the loop immediately? You know what I mean? Like, what if someone so in Tomb reanimates? Then the answer is very clearly yes. You can snipe one card that ends your opponent. For like, do you? I, I, I want I'm two mana. You I only have to keep up you one need, mana. You need to know that's what they're doing and hold up two mana the whole game to to prevent that. Right. Wow. What about flexibility? You guys just put no weight in. Yeah, like, flexibility. So do you hate charms? Do you not play any charms because each of their modes are inefficient on their own? They're just like bad cards. Like they also don't believe I feel in like this is like so. Wild. There are a lot of the arguments are wild to you me. You guys we can't, always we can't pick up the, the... Ma one mana mandrakes. I never see you guys play it, let alone a situational one. Well, like well, we, 
We'll talk about it because Seth also has a grievance with mana dorks as well. well yeah, the let's, ones that don't, let's move on. Don't, uh, graveyard hate. Like, if you have a grievance with mana dorks, how can you have, like, how can you prefer one that's, like, situational? It doesn't like work flexibility. Half the time. And I respect that. I like that, one that can also wrong. make me not die to something getting All right, reanimated. Seth, you're, you're sharing but... your grievance. What is All your right. grievance here? We, I, we're, we're, we're submitting a contact us to EDH Rec right so, now. What is the so, grievance? So, if you look at the most played, the most played green cards in Commander, and you'd scroll down a little bit to see where the creatures start, because of the the top couple are like beast within cultivate you're gonna see a huge list of mana dorks birds of paradise 25 percent of decks land or elves 23 percent elvish mystic 19 percent finhorn elves 16 percent either like 20 percent of commander players are playing elf decks which i don't think is the case or people are playing way too many of these mana dorks because mana dorks they're very situational. They are in a vacuum bad ramp. They're ramp that gets blown up by the 10 rats that Krim is playing in every single deck he's playing. They're ramp that's very inconsistent. So yes, there are decks that want them. I don't think, again, like Brainstorm, this number shouldn't be zero. Maybe you're playing Edric or another deck that just really values having creatures on the battlefield. Maybe you're playing an elf deck and you get extra value out of the card's creature type, but there's no way that these should be literally the most played creatures in the format, right? The green creatures in the entire format because they're ramp that's just just not going to stick on the battlefield. It's very temporary ramp compared to all the green ramp that's going to put a land on the battlefield, which will never go away because of the weird taboos of the commander format where you can't blow up land. So I think mana dorks in general are pretty overrated in commander and way more situational than people give them credit for. Tolbert. You're, you're smiling. <laughs> Tomer's yeah. believer. Stroking out. <laughs> yes. believer. I, 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 of course, yeah, they're good. I don't know. Like, okay, we're in green, and green is the best color for creature synergy. And I'm sorry. Like, yeah, eventually you'll kill my land or elf. Boo hoo. But like, I'm in the color where I have stuff like Beast Whisper, where I draw a card whenever I play a creature. I'm in the color of like Gaia's Cradle and Rites of Itlamok, you know, where the now more creatures that I have on the battlefield actually matters, or Shamanic Revelation, or like Court of Calling, where I could, could use it, like, well, if I had more, if it didn't already have for mana. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Crater hoof. You know, like these things are all care about creatures that are all in green. It just so happens. So yeah, I would like my one drop, my turn one play being a ramp thing. How many turn one ramp cards do we have in the format? Well, guess what? They're they're mana dorks, you know? We got Sol Ring. We got like Wild Growth. Wild Growth is fantastic too. I'm not saying anything wrong about that. But then the other ones are mana dorks. And if we look at what's being played, yeah, the top commanders, Elf Commanders, uh, Seton, another Manador Commander, Ragadraga. Uh, we got some CDH Commanders, Malcolm and Tana. We got Kidden, like, and then more Elf Commanders. We got Yisun, which is Birthing Pod. Like, yeah, yeah, of course it's 20th and uh, so, And it's right. So I would say this is definitely uh, an artifact of our metagame. Right, and I would actually declare this is a metagame inefficiency. Uh, so if you see people slamming mana dorks like this, the easiest way to win is play uh, the the commander feud recommended nine wraths. <laughs> right, your one mana blasphemous act will now clean the board and like quad stone rain someone, and their game <laughs> is absolutely over. So if you like, if you want to staple an Armageddon onto your rats at like one mana or two mana with Vanquish the Horde or three mana with Toxic Deluge, you target the mana dwarf players. And those mana dwarf players, like, it doesn't matter if you're drawing cards, right? Because, like, you have to actually slam all the mana dorks, somehow draw all the cards before you get rats. Otherwise, you get completely wrecked. Uh, and then there's like Bowmasters in the format now. So if you see this happening, just load up with Wraths and you auto win against this player. Uh, so, and then if there are no Wraths, this player is going to pop off, right? Like this player is going to accelerate so much faster than everyone else. And then they're going to slam Crater Hoof and they're going to win. Uh, and then, so Tomer's point about drawing cards on creatures. So I play a lot of White Weenie and I play a lot of really? Selesnia, right? And, okay, you know, there's a lot a of cards in White Weenie that draws on Weenie card draw, right? Or sorry, Weenie creatures entering the battlefield, like Tokajal's Welcome, Mentor the Meek, and things like that. Yes. And I always, always like make this double check. Like, should I play Farseek or should I play Alanamore Elf? And my conclusion has always been play Wood Elves instead. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's yeah. a three mana creature. That, that ramps a land so that I can trigger like my weenie abilities and synergies, but I get the hard land so that I don't get wrathed 
back into the Stone Ages. Like, I, I do not want to get armageddon of my own accord. So that is my conclusion. So if you see a lot of mana dorks, run a lot of wrath, you auto-win. And if you tr you want the creature synergies, play, like, Sacred Tribe Elder, Yavamaya Dryad, Wood Elves, like, those kind of things to, to get it going. And then if you really need the hard ramp, Utopia Sprawl is an enchantment. Uh, Wild Growth, I think. Uh, there's a bunch of one-man enchantments that do it. And then I'd also play the, the Mana Rocks as well, right? Like the one-mana Mana Rocks, the zero-mana Mana Rocks. Those are still fragile, but hardier than a dork. And then you know if you're playing Elf Ball, they just go all in on Elves and hope you get there before they yeah. wrap you. <laughs> is that not meta-dependent, I, I, I want you. I want you to remember, I would consider myself the Mr. Clean of EDH. I love sweeping. I love getting it done, right? <laughs> uh, but even there, I'm going to say that I really do enjoy Mana Dorks in green. Um, mostly yeah, because you get to sweep them. Like yeah, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not trying to push my own like board white propaganda. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you should yeah, play run more, more of these creatures. against me. Please. Yes, so I can more. I can blow them up. No, I I am genuinely a fan of them in green because it makes sense in green. There's so many synergies that I think the percentage of mana dorks, real mana dorks, not death right shaman, uh, are actually worth it because. Okay. I got a question for you, Krim, or I guess the whole table, actually. If there was a two-mana mana dork, 1-1, one, one, indestructible, would you, would, would you, would, is that playable, or would you play the one-mana mana dork instead? I would play that. In Commander, I would definitely play that. Are you kidding me? That'd be cracked in Commander. That, that's like that's like almost a, that's like a mana rock. Yeah, I mean, huh? right? <laughs> no, like a rampant no, no. growth. A mana rock splits the difference, right? It's like harder no, it's... than a creature, but not quite indestructible, right? <laughs> I mean, the fact that neither of them are indestructible, right? Like a normal mana dork or this, but but like... But, if, but you know, a Farseek fetches a basic, which is basically indestructible. But the synergies <laughs> like, of it being a creature yes. are yeah. what make it like so good, right? Like yeah. there are so many things where just you need essentially what is a... a like a, with a Beast Whisper, any of those, there's lots of those effects now, right? So being... Or, or even a Guardian Project, yada, 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 right? You just want a cheap body that you can just get a draw off of. I think the synergies that go and like all the cards that play well in green, that's why mana dorks are at the high percentage. I think that is accurately, that is rated. That is rated. So do you Not, think we're doing it wrong? We should be playing more mana dorks? I can't I think if you're, end up well though. If you're playing green, <laughs> the amount of synergies- We play lots of green on Clash, but we don't play that many mana dorks. Yeah. I play oh. green. Tomer plays green. Seth plays yeah. green. I mean, everyone. Play. We'll, we'll see how the stats. We'll see how the stats will run out. I, think I mean, look, I feel look. like look, Krim played more green than than Richard. Yeah, this season. The first... like we don't see many Mandadorks at Clash because but, we're scared of the Wraths. Well, but that's because my green decks are not true green decks, right? Like if you look at my green decks, it's like, hey, I'm gonna play this blue white tokens deck, splashing. <laughs> I don't know parallel lives right like <laughs> but but the the thing here is it, the synergies that are in green reward you for playing creatures and i think the percentage on mana dorks is mostly rated now obviously it comes down to which ones but i'm just gonna say in a vacuum like just just I, blanket I, statement uh, i think they're at, good at the risk of making this segment go way too long i think the argument that the synergies in green make them good is a little bit silly because there's also a lot of synergies in green that make putting lands into play good. And these yes. are competing with each other, right? Like no. you're competing with creatures that make mana versus things that put lands into play. You have 10 ramp slots, 12 ramp slots, whatever. That's how many you have. You fill them with one of those things. But if you can say, okay, I'm drawing cards off my mana dorks, you could also be making clue tokens with a tireless tracker, making beasts with a rabbit. Like there's so many synergies for having lands enter the battlefield. Isn't that really a wash overall? Like guardian project with creatures, how different is that than tireless tracker? Like you're no. drawing you cards when lands come into play with your real no. ramp spells that don't no. die to ras. No, those no, just go two together. different archetypes. Like if you're in a lands deck, obviously you're going to be running the cards to put in lands into the but deck. But every green deck is a lands deck. Like every no. green deck no. is playing ramp. Uh, like like leader. Is this a lands deck or is it an that's elf an, deck? Okay, well, okay, Draga is a. Tra there's like <laughs> you're picking a couple niche archetypes, but like the no. core of green decks is land ramp, right? Isn't that what green does? No, isn't that the reason to play green in commander? Yeah, if, if I'm in a land deck, obviously I'm running all land deck. And if we're in like a weird board wipe meta, then yes, I would agree. We sw you switch over to lands. But in a regular uh, deck, you people are... Yeah. Do you what, switch over or do you... 
do you should Bill, you just be prepping for Bill is optically, yeah, I think we just think of I think like, we just think of green differently because if my deck has green in, in Commander, the first ten cards I add are the ten green ram spells that I like land ram spells every time. Hundred percent of the time, those ten cards go in. I don't care if I'm playing elves. I don't care if I'm landfall. I don't care if I'm a generic green deck. Those are the ten cards. That's why I play green. That's how we're. That's different. the reason I play green. Yeah. So I think we do that philosophical. Philosophical. Yeah, let me stretch this first. So as as a weenie specialist, I, I will tell you that I think the synergies are over played because what happens so if you're playing a deck full of spirited companions you don't slam it on turn two right you you need to put down your card draw engine which is like mentor of the meek uh Tukasia's welcome welcoming vampire so if i'm holding spirited companion mentor turn two i'm passing i'm not playing spirited companion i'm gonna i'm gonna put down the mentor and then i'm gonna put down the spirited companion on turn four now that's exactly what you don't want to do with your mana dork, right? Because your mana dork is your accelerate. You need to slam them all out, and then you accelerate into your payoff. So the payoff that actually works here is Toski. Like, you can Toski, and then you can, like, kind of hit with your dorks. But the ETB payoffs don't work until you draw, like, the top deck dead ramp, right? Like, later in the game, when you don't need the dork anymore, it now cantrips and does something useful. But you are typically slamming out your accelerants as fast as you can, and you don't want to pace them... So I feel I like, can't agree with Seth. The, the, the synergies of it overblown. It feels all like as nice as I haven't you seen a mana dork in Commander before. Like, okay, welcome. <laughs> yeah, to they're all in Trim's graveyard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you go turn <laughs> yes. one Lanor Elf, and then you play your turn two welcoming vampire instead of turn three, and then you play more <laughs> creatures, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and then you start drawing you get ahead cards. of curve. A full turn. Let's, let's try it. Uh, who, who's yeah. going to be the sacrifice on Clash? Who's yeah. just going to play mana dorks instead of hard? Fine, I'll rest of the. I love myself enough to not. I'll do it. You know? I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> How can we be so wrong about this? Like, right? So yeah, someone slam the dorks. Like if I'm in a lands deck, I'm gonna run the landfall stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna put the land ramp. If I'm in a deck that's like all a meta that's all board wipes, then I'm going to run still red creature decks, but I'm still gonna put as many board wipe protection as possible. And yeah, I'm gonna enjoy it. Like and more card draw, obviously. Like the best answer to board wipes is just draw even more cards. Like, okay, you wipe my board of all creatures, okay. I already drew 15 okay, cards off. We spent the whole it. podcast on Matadors. <laughs> Matadors. So let's move on. Let's move on to a different card. Yeah. Tover, what, what do you got for us? Okay, this one, uh, I feel like I feel like this is not a misleading part of... It could be a misleading part of, of EDH Rec because it does show up in a lot of pre-cons, so that might be inflating the numbers a bit. But I think in general, when we talk about like such and such is overrated in Commander as a whole, I feel like we need to have a discussion about my card, Lightning Greaves. Lightning Greaves, everybody puts it in every deck. It's colorless, uh, and it shows up in 26% of all decks. All decks, because every deck can run it. Um, I think this card is actually not worth 26%. And the reason why is because I feel like you would only want to run this card if you can have use out of both aspects of it, the Shroud and the Haste. If you only care about the Haste, uh, then, you know, if you're outside of red... I would say, hey, you know what? This is fine if you're like in a Voltron strategy or something. But if you only want it for Shroud, I feel like every single deck now has just way better options for Shroud because this is like a false sense of security on your important creature that you want to be protecting. Like, let's say you put it on like your commander and like, I really want my commander to live and everything. It's proactive protection, which is great. But what it does is it puts a target on your on your greaves somebody's going to remove the greaves and then they're going to remove they're going to use the spell that they had to kill the commander and kill the commander and yeah it'll buy you some time right it hopefully will buy you some time but it puts a uh, unnecessary target and i would just much rather have uh reactive protection or other cards that protect a lot better you really want to have you want to have use of both these aspects and a lot of decks just don't like they just don't care about attacking with their creature or attack triggers or combat triggers or, or doing any of that sort of stuff, tap triggers. And like, I just think 26% is way too much of all decks, all decks. No way. No way. I, how many times have we seen, <laughs> we've seen our commander clash, even Tomer himself has fallen prey to it. Equips lightning greaves. Oh, wait, I can't equip anything else or I can't move anything <laughs> yeah. else. Over <laughs> against I, yeah, the shroud, like like the shroud, gets everybody, right? Like I think the shroud gets everybody. <laughs> so I actually am in agreement with Tomer. Uh, you'll actually see a lot of my deck list. I I opt to play Swiftfoot boots over this 
a majority of times. And I know that the, the, the equip cost for zero versus equip cost for one is all the difference in the world, right? Between attacking immediately with my, like, you know, four drop commander on turn four or whatever, um, or maybe turn three off a of mana dork. Uh, but the point here is I, I, I think Swiftfoot boots actually should be higher than this, in my opinion. I think there are too many things where the shroud is actively going to hurt you. Ooh. I think this is an interesting one. So, like, on one hand, I think it's true that people just, like, default to putting it in decks, probably because it's in, like, every pre-con. So, I think people just have it in their brains to, like, always play Lightning Greaves. So, I think it's overrated. Although, I will say, like, for two mana, you get to give a creature haste every turn, which is actually, like, pretty good, right? Like, if you're a deck that cares about getting in with your threats and not having to wait a turn for them to lose summoning sickness, I actually think it's a really powerful card. But I think you're right in the sense that, like, you should think about it. It shouldn't be one of those cards that you just automatically put in every list, because not every deck wants it. This card so Five years like ago, every million deck dollars. Built started with boots and greaves. And I don't know why, because yeah. you're like, oh, mm -hmm. protection. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? nice. But the protection is not that's Boomer as good EDH in 2023. It, it is, right? Because A, you have cards like Shadow Sphere to remove hexproof. So that's actually a point for Lightning Greaves. <laughs> but then on the opposite side, a lot of the spells now target your own creatures. So when you slap a um, you know, a, a shroud on it, you can't like phase out your creature anymore because you you just slapped the greaves on it. So I would say you only played in decks that need haste. I don't count it as protection. Also, our meta makes it so these are useless protection because you're dying to a board wipe. You're typically not dying to a single target. Uh, but 26 seems way too high. I only put it in decks that need haste. And even then, like I might play like a Rhythm of the Wild or if I'm in red, I might play an Anger or something. If in red, you have so uh, many better options, I think, for the haste. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't use it's this protection at all. Maybe. I just use it as a haste enabler. And I do think a lot of people just auto-include it because they're like, it's commander and my commander is important. But like, if your commander is important, I, I, I need hardier ways to protect it, right? Because a Wrath will get you. Everyone will see the Greaves, will see your scary commander. And like remove the greaves immediately. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I, I I just don't like it. It seems to be overrepresented. Yeah. It it's also got reprinted every single year, and it's still like six dollars. Like it always creeps over to like the ten dollar mark. Yeah. But it's getting reprinted very often, so there is a demand for it. Even though it is like showing up in pre cons and stuff every so often, so the numbers are inflated. But all right, I gotta get this out of the way. My next card. <laughs> I got to bring it up every single time. <laughs> Cyclonic Rift oh, is the no. most played blue card. So here's what gets me. So like Brainstorm <laughs> is like a $1 card. So if you want to like go out of your way and shove it in your deck, I'm like, whatever. Cyclonic Rift not only takes up a deck slot, it took like $30 plus out of your budget <laughs> into this card. And I know you all disagree with me. <laughs> yes. I want you guys. Here, here's my here's my hope for everyone listening. You keep a, a piece of paper with you, and every time, every time you cast the rift, I want you to write down like what happened. Like this saved my bacon, right? Or this just like made the game go two games, two turns longer, and we're in the exact situation. Like every time I see it, it's an eight mana fog. Like you just prolong the game. But then it cost you like eight mana. So you couldn't progress your game plan or anything because you had to hold up all of your mana. So that is my only ask, right? Because the card is so expensive. I feel that people are going out of their way to spend money on this card. And this card is like so... <laughs> it's so bad. No, it's so bad. Just, just, just take a note of every cyclonic rift you've ever seen, and like note who cast oh, I am. It, how much they were winning, and how much it increased your chance of winning. Like, just do it for me, please. Bye. I, I want to spreadsheets of data. Right. Be like, Richard, you're stupid. Here's my log. Here it is. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Those are that's some good data. I want to see it because I don't believe it. Every time I see this card, it sucks. It time stops all your opponents and it could clear the way for a lethal attack. It even acts as a finisher. Like you could be like, oh, I have an army, yeah. but I don't I want to take somebody out, but I'm afraid of the backswing or something, or I have to commit too much. Nope. Boom! They're all gone. It's what they're gonna attack you on the backswing if you don't kill everybody? No. They have to they have to spend an entire turn, take an entire turn so, off. So the, the exact case where it's good is if you have lethal on the board, yeah. and then you are afraid no. of blockers or a backswing, and you gotta resolve an eight mana spell at <laughs> instant speed. Because everyone it's knows seven it's mana. You, you it's not even eight. Sorry, seven mana. It's seven you mana. pass the turn with seven blue mana up. You're like, don't worry, guys. <laughs> 
Right? Everyone uh, will just mercilessly hit you to get that out of out of the way. And then good. they'll just recast their board. It's good anytime your opponents have stuff on the board. That's that's when it's good. It's good when you want to close no. the game. It's good when no. you want to save yourself. And it's good Send when me your you're your spreadsheets over. <laughs> Send me your spreadsheet. All right. Give All me right. the log. All right, fine. I'll uh, give me the log. <laughs> Richard, don't you play you play birds. You play lots of Lots of uh, you. I would actually not even call you a weenie specialist. I would call you a lawyer. extremely off meta, like like kindred type specialist. Like you are the lord of the most unplayable kindred types, right? Like like. But you need cards like this because why? It is a huge tempo play, dude. Like you need all the help you can get, right? So like I think this is a prime example of like when a bird deck comes in and and starts throwing hands, beaks, I don't know, whatever. Wings, point here is that cards like this are powerful. It makes every deck better. It's just every deck is better. When you think of like the the Rushmore of Commander, this is there. This is on that. <laughs> I, 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 I can't speak to the broader metagame, but as a bird specialist, I can 100% tell you it is wrong to include it. You know what? what? I would say, I would say 100% uh, wrong to include in birds. Maybe it's good in blue I, general I, or something. I don't, I don't know. It's too low. 30% is too low. That's why it's wrong. That's why I disagree with the number. It, it should higher. be higher. It's just the higher. Is keeping yeah. it. Yes. If it was like a 10 cent card, yes. it'd actually be a 90% of it. Yes. That. It should if be it were, higher. If it were, yeah. I, I, I actually this, think you're right. If it was cheap, like a yeah. lot of people want to play it, but yeah. the price is keeping them out of it. If this costed as much as Etherize, everyone would play this, and they'd Just all say, be wrong. So <laughs> they'd be all they they may fe you may feel like they've wronged you, but they are not in the wrong. That's just give sure. me the log. Just give me the log. Just give, give me the log. The log. Just show me the empirical data to show me I'm stupid. Because every time the, I see the it, data, it looks terrible. It's like Richard, saying Teferi's protection the data. is bad. It's like, oh, it's just <laughs> delayed you a turn. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, Bro. like when you think of the, like, like what is the first card you think of in blue? You think of free counter spells mm. and probably this, right? Those well, you, are the you things. You think of Brainstorm followed by Cypher, <laughs> yeah. which shows blue players have something wrong in the head. My bad. I love blue players. No, no, I didn't need that. You guys are great. Keep casting Psych Rips. Like, like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Sad. What do you think, though? Oh, I we've I don't even know what to say anymore. Like Cyclonic Rift, I hate it. Like I wish it wasn't a magic card, but it's really good. Like it's I don't know. Like I don't understand the, that's the argument. That's always got like, me on the fog meta. The yeah, the rendezvous, like, the maze of fists. That's the, the thing. Though, like that's the thing. Like, you love the, is what, what what kills us. Huh? You're a you're a fog meta believer, Richard. Like worst cases is like a really powerful like double fog. You can cast if, it for two mana. So it's mana. Seven mana. Sorry. You can cast it for two mana, so it's not going to get stuck in your hand. And I think Fog it's really just unplayable. like blue doesn't have a lot of good options. So I think like uh, that's part of it too. Is there's just that's not anything option. close to that? No, well, not for doing what Cyclonic Rift does. Like away. there's nothing that's. <laughs> oh god. Okay, Richard, you're right. Further your game plan. Just I another cannot bird. agree with Tomer. So you're right. Cyclonic Rift <laughs> another <anything>. overrated. <laughs> Now that Thane right, no is more, this no more. I know this is extremely unpopular, but if I can get through to one person and save them thirty bucks from buying a side rift, I've done my job. <laughs> Crim, hit us with a card. Okay, another card that that I I do see a lot. I'm not gonna lie to you. I do play it in one deck of mine, but it's Teferi's Ageless Insight. For man enchantment, if you draw a card, except the first one you draw in each of your draw steps, draw two cards instead, right? So every draw step after your first one, that's two cards per card draw. Brainstorm is six, yada, 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 right? But why is this in 6% of decks? Like, I, I, I play it in my one deck because it's Aminatu and it's an infinite where I can draw my whole deck, right? That, that's, that's the situation that I want it. Uh, obviously, it's not just Aminatu plus this. That's not how I draw my whole deck. But uh, we're not here to talk about how to combo off with this card. We know that this card is a centerpiece of some combos to pull up your whole deck. But uh, are people are people playing this generically? I've actually seen this casted generically. Just like, ooh, yeah. value. Then you can brainstorm and me. Get I did it. I loved it. <laughs> Ah, uh, do you do you six percent love this? I think this is so specific 
It's like if I just, well, I know Tomer is like Lord, uh, like how Richard is Lord of obscure like kindred types. Tomer is Lord of half playing combo pieces or things <laughs> that are part of a combo and then and then dying for it, right? You're all going to be kiki comboed by the end of the season. This is half of the kiki combo right here. You deserve it. Tomer plays Splinter Twin fairly in Commander. You know what I mean? Like, But... Is this not so narrow, so specific that it draws you so much hate because you're, you're they're like, okay, okay, Mr. Kiki Combo, <laughs> you clearly have something to do with this. So, like, we're, we got to kill you now, right? This, you see this card, I don't think I've ever seen this card except for a few corner pocket situations, which I've mentioned, where it's just played as a value engine. <laughs> I feel like... This is a card I've outgrown. I used to play these cards all the time. Not so, not so much this one in specific because I just printed it a couple years ago. But I used to love jamming like El Hammerit's archive. Just like throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna draw me some. Yeah. I, like I used to. What's the, the reflection? There's like a reflection one. Thought reflection. If you oh, would draw a card, like draw two cards mana. instead. Six mana. I used to love these effects because I love panharmonicons. I love drawing cards. So this is like the perfect me card. It doubles up my card draw. And then as I played more Commander. I started to just cut these cards from my deck, and I realized if I want to draw a card, well, first I realized that drawing cards is like kind of overrated in Commander like, to some extent. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> what? What happened? <laughs> You got to draw cards. No, I, I've grown. I've grown as a person. I've grown as a person. You got to be able to play the cards for it to actually matter. Like if you draw That's cards true. and never get to use them, it's kind of like you didn't even draw that card. You just trick yourself into thinking that you did. Uh, but I think that these effects. I would rather just play more card draw. Like, I don't think I need to double up my card draw I, because you end up in these positions where you draw all these doubling effects and you don't draw the actual card draw to ever take advantage of them. So I'd rather just play like another painful truce or another whatever, Blue Sun Zenith, a Frexian Arena, something else that just actively draws okay, me cards than a way to, you know, Seth, are you admitting that Panharmonicon is overrated? Is that what you're See, saying? See, Panharmonicon, Panharmonicon oh. is is different though. Is it though? <laughs> Let me explain. Whenever you do a thing, you double it, right? Like <laughs> this is literally draw harmonicon, right? Is it not? It's even four mana. It that is that is that is true. But panharmonicon's colorless, so I can play it in any deck. <laughs> okay. Hmm. What about anointed perception? How does that change? Honestly, okay, okay. So <laughs> Panharmonicon is probably overrated too, but I still love it. So it's not overrated for me on a personal well, Typically, Panharmonicon works with like every card in your deck. Yeah, I think I mean, that's like, the biggest Typically, difference. if you cast anything, it will like trigger Panharmonicon, whereas this is very specifically card draw, and it can't be the card you naturally draw. Yeah. But I will say this is probably about rated. I think I would compare this to Mind's Eye. And like... There are better cards than Mind's Eye, but if you cast the Mind's Eye and you untap with it, like you can gain insane advantage, right? So if yeah. you can Teferi's Aegis Insight and untap with it and then cast uh, another card draw spell, you've broken even. So like probably, right? Like you probably draw four cards with this and then, you know, you're, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. So yes, sometimes it does nothing and, and you die a horrible death but you remember those games where you untap and then draw 20 and you're like this card is amazing uh so the one in I like say this is like like eight games by the way where, where that, that, that happens uh, I, I don't know i i think it's the mind's eye problem where it's for its cost it's bad but if the game drags on and everyone has unlimited mana this card is insane right like if you can actually cast this without dying on curve then it becomes crazy, right? So it's just bad for the mana value and tempo loss. But if you can avoid that somehow, i.e. play a lower power pod where it doesn't matter, then this thing pops off. Uh, so I think it's like somewhere rated. I don't know. Close. I, I agree with I agree that it's rated, but I disagree with Richard's uh, reasoning. I have a different reasoning. I think this is a synergy card. Like the top commanders that run it, the top two, uh, Alandra Skydreamer and Minwelly Illusionist. Both of them have a triggered ability that says, uh, when you draw your second turn, a uh, second card each turn. So these cards often, these decks often run like looters and cantrips and stuff like that. So you can draw two, like you want to be drawing two cards every single turn, yours and other people's. And Teferi's Ageless Insight makes it so much easier. Like I have a Minwiley Illusionist deck. I run Teferi's Ageless Insight because I run like all the Merfolk looters just to trigger Min's ability. And they all draw one. So I can guarantee 
trigger min on my turn, but Teferi's Ageless Insight suddenly allows me to turn all my looters into triggered abilities on other people's turns as well. And then it's just like bonkers. Or like Gavi Nest Warden, uh, it's a cycling deck. So it's a, you discard, you draw, and you could do it for free with Gavi. Uh, this now lets you discard, draw, and you're going up a card. So I think that's where you run it like cards like decks that care about drawing two or more cards and then cards decks that care about just drawing cards in general if you jam it to like a random deck though it's like no it's put in another card draw spell usually or if you're going the richard strat yeah you could go like yeah i can protect it or something or i put propaganda and layers of stuff you know and then you could pop off truly but yeah it's been a really good podcast for those two <laughs> unplayable draw second card commanders they just keep, co- keep I mean, coming I, up as it combos with brainstorm it combos with brainstorm right so That's you just true. play this entire oh. package in every mm-hmm. deck Dude, brainstorm maybe, is insane with this card brainstorm is insane with this maybe card maybe actually Trek knows more than we do they're all running brainstorm to various ages inside and we're constructing Combo. this like ridiculously <laughs> sweet deck and we're just like yeah. poo-pooing it <laughs> Well, I want to poo poo a card. Can I poo poo a card? I got a I got okay, a card. Yeah. Card. So uh, <clears throat> we were talking about Rass earlier and why they make mana dorks bad. But did you realize that OG Wrath of God, literal Wrath of God from Alpha, printed thirty years ago, is the third most played Wrath in white in Commander? It's in eight percent of decks. If you look on EDH Rec and just start like browsing through the Wraths that people play, you're gonna see number one Austere Command. All right, number two, farewell. Number three, Wrath of God. Wrath of God, literal Wrath of God. And this is in white, where you have Vanquish the Horde, you have Cleansing Nova, you have Fumigates and Martial Coops and all this deck-specific stuff, like Dust Dawn, Hour of Reckoning. There's so many, like, there's so many Wraths that, like, depending on your archetype, are gonna be better than this. So I'm actually blown away. Why are people still playing Literal Wrath of God in 2023? Is it just people being boomers? Is it some nostalgia thing? Like, I remember this card when I was, you know, playing on the playground back in 19. 1993 like why there's just so many better wraths now unless you're getting down to like wrath number eight do you really need wrath of god in 2023 it's like two dollars <laughs> right like it's yeah. like two dollars oh. unless you're trying to like Fortnite on them or get the fancy version <laughs> it is a two dollar card it's a four mana sweeper i i do think it is it like it is the third most played wrath in white or a third most played wrath is the question. What, what was that last part? Uh, there, I think in white. It's uh, if you go through the white wraths. I didn't compare it to all yeah. the other wraths because they sorted mm-hmm. by color. So okay, but like it's okay. ahead of like Vanquish the Horde. Isn't Vanquish the Horde just like a strictly better card in Commander? Yes, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Probably I do. Th- I do agree. I'm in agreement with look, you that it is. But look, very, very. <laughs> what high. is that? But look, I, is I that am playing fancy? a Wrath of God in Baragon only because I have this fancy secret <laughs> layer version. Oh. And I'm like, I like the art. I guess I'll just put it in. Yeah. And I think part of it that art is, is cool. us boomers have a Wrath of God sitting around. And we're like, ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough. It's right? close this enough. This is yeah. like a yeah. It's like <laughs> it's close <laughs> enough. Crim is Damnation is playable. Like if damn hey, that's playable, in a different color. <laughs> that's in a different color. Calm down. But All you're right? like, look, look, I'm gonna take the hit on mana efficiency for yeah. this cool art. Right? I'm gonna take the mana, I'm gonna take the mana efficiency hit to play the original beta wrath or revised wrath that I played as a kid. So maybe it's just like a, a style choice or a expression choice. Uh, because strictly power level, Seth is right. This card is uh, kind of doo-doo. But we all have it sitting around. Just like we all have Evolving Wilds. And we just chuck it into our deck just because. Because like, I don't know. I have Evolving yeah. Wilds, right? You know, if, <laughs> like, I, if, I had a, if I had a foil 7th edition Wrath of God, I would put it in any deck. I don't care. Because <laughs> it's a foil 7th yeah. edition Wrath of God. So, but then so, you uh, could should have we a whiteboard one instead. Should we like add this to our list? That we talked about CDH can skew the stats of the cards from a casual perspective. We talked about pre-cons can skew the stats. Is there some sort of like nostalgia category or like availability category that like is pushing up something like Wrath of God higher than it should be just based on its pure power level? Is it like the equivalent of price memory, like card memory? Like it is iconic, right? When it's we call them Wrath because of Wrath of God. Like that's the shortcut for this whole group of cards. So yeah, I think like, I guess it makes sense that it's overrated, but I don't think it should be that heavily played based on just its power level, though. Can I, can I foil something? So mm-hmm. I have a theory that this is actually like 5D tr- chess, like future site chess, because... <laughs> 
Everybody loves zombies, right? But yep. the same number of people, vocal minority, well, not a vocal, a silent majority love skeletons. And we still haven't had any true skeleton support. And what do skeletons do? They regenerate. So you're vanquished the horde, your austere command, all of this nonsense, it does nothing to them. Nothing. <laughs> so then we're going to we're gonna get we're gonna get big skeleton support. They're gonna be the hot new thing. And then Wrath of the God is going to be the true answer to it. I think that's people are just preparing for that mentally. So buy buy out Wrath of God. Can't be regenerated. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Can't be regenerated. <laughs> back on Wrath of God. Yep. Got got the skeletons right in the bag. <laughs> All right, Tomer, uh, hit, hit us, hit us with a, hit us with a card here. Hit us with a card. All right, I'm not That's done, not tinfoil hat. I'm not done with the hot takes. I have a hotter take because everybody was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with, uh, with the the lightning greaves. So I I get a hotter one, and this is this is a, a specific call out to certain people in the play group. Uh, Urborg, two of Yongmoth, uh, is an eleven percent of all decks, not black decks. I didn't say black decks. All decks, 11% of all decks. So if you go in one in 11 or one in uh, one in 10 decks, you're going to see an Urborg in there. And the, the question is why? I think actually a lot of the times your Urborg makes your deck worse. Why? Because you're running your Urborg and you're like, la-di-da, it turns on my Cabal Coffers. I'm in like a three color deck or whatever. I don't have to have basics. I don't have to have swamps. I'm just going to tutor up my Urborg. And now suddenly my five color Cabal Coffers nonsense is going to work out great. And just like Chromatic Lantern, where the, the, the reasoning release was like, oh, well, uh, you're going to be running. You're going to making you're putting this card to make your bad mana base works. Well, this is the exact same thing. You're, you're, you're holding onto your Urborg so you can cast your black spells because you've made a bad land base. And that actually makes your deck worse. You're relying on one card to salvage your horrible decisions on making lands. It should not be 11%. It should be far lower. And you should probably just be running it in like two color decks or whatever. Ooh, wow, that is a that is a hot take. I'm a big Urborg believer, but we... But we view, but we view mana base building very differently because for me, I play like three swamps in my deck and I feel a little uncomfortable because that's too many. So I drop number three and replace it with an Urborg. <laughs> and I know you don't view it the same way. So for me, like, it's just very easy to slot into any deck, right? Like, it seems like what's the downside? Because I'm replacing a basic land with this. It's going to come into play untapped. It's going to do everything the basic would. And it's going to do even more. So why wouldn't I just like throw this in literally, literally every deck from five color to, well, maybe not always five color. Because then you have like, two swamps in your deck. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I I can't cast any of my black spells. I hope I draw my Urborg. It's like, well, like, well. Why would you get Blood Moon? Like, no one Blood Moons me. Like, no. there's no punishment for, for like not playing that many basics that I've What about found, games so. where you don't find Urborg? It's not like you could fetch it. It up you know <laughs> uh well a you're in black so you can always use your demonic tutor to fetch up the orborg demonic tutor right? requires black in its mana cost so if you don't have any any other I mean, black okay sources. so so nobody will play like like two swamps no black sources <laughs> coppers right the, i think Thank the suspicious you. case you're talking about is like we play like battle bond uh, black lands. We play like the check lands. We play yeah. the pain lands. Like you can generate black mana, yeah. but you have like literal like four swamps in your deck, yeah. and you're still running Orborg coffers combo, right? And I I do that, and I always have the option to fetch it up. If you're playing green, you can ramp it out. If you're playing black, you can tutor it out. If you're playing red, you can gamble it back. Like there, there's many ways to fetch it up, and. The downside of like having coffers as one of your lands that taps for like literal zero mana because like you don't have swamps is outweighed by the fact that you get infinite mana when you assemble this combo. Like that's very easy to assemble in even five color decks. Uh, so I I think Tomer's wrong on this. Like I, I think everyone should be running Urborg. Everyone should be running coffers in like as many decks as they can because it's an easy way to get like basically infinite mana in any color deck that's not easily stoppable. Like, you need a strip mine to take care of this. And, like, that's not common, right? Like, it's not easy to deal with this. So if you have any need for lots of mana, like, this is your way to do it. And you can also an expedition map. Like, there, there are, like, artifacts that can do this. Like, so there are ways to fix this so that it works. And it also fixes Temple of the False God. So <laughs> you are unfortunate soul. And draw <laughs> Temple of, of the False God. Maze of it. Right? Yeah. Like, Glacial yeah, Chasm. Maze of it. <laughs> so I always, I always start a deck with Orvorg. 
always if, if the, the deck has black in it or is there so i am that dirty 5c player with like two literal swamps <laughs> like you know 12 black sources or coffers <laughs> must be I, I think you're already playing too many swamps i only play one swamp oh my god <laughs> it, unless it, it also <laughs> it fixes your fetch lands too yeah, yeah. you run out of fetchable yeah. things or you don't want it's to true. spend the one life it, it yeah. lets you use your fetch lands Oh my god, yeah. Like, it, it does so much for you at the cost of literally nothing, unless you're talking about li uh, actual costs. That's the only reason why it's not in every deck. It's like $40, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, but I think this number is too low. <laughs> it's too low. If, if we, this is a free land that's, like, I play it without Cabal Coffers. I just play it as a way to fix my mana. Like, like it, it's just that good. I think it, it is just that good. Okay, what so about... I, I got a reasonably hot take. Then. Oh, go, go ahead, Tomer. No, that was it. I just wanted to comment. Oh. I'm curious, Nobody what agreed. about what about Yavmaya? Does it change? Because that's like fair, fair Urborg, right? Because you don't have a Cabal Coffers. Do you still play that in every deck just because it's like fixing or whatever? I okay. feel like green players just yes. always, always have fixing anyway, because that's like intrinsic to green, right? You don't have to go out but of your I mean, way. It fixes Maze of Fifth. It fixes yeah. <laughs> Temple yes. the False God. Uh, there's like random force synergies as well. So I, I always run it. And it's even better in green because you can guarantee to fetch it up if you want. Oh, if right. You, you got to let it. The yeah. actual ramp that gets it back. So And then it, it turns on Field of the Dead, which Tomer doesn't like. But there's a reason to run different lands. I like Field of the Dead. Not. But, like, if you run all basics, you can't turn that on, right? But if you just run, like, every non-basic, like, yeah. in mono green, you can turn on Field of Dead in a monocolor deck, like, quite easily. And Orborg or uh, Yavamaya get you to that, right? Like, all your colorless utility lands now generate color. So if you're super greedy with your mana base, like Seth, and you play all MDFCs, they're not dual lands. <laughs> well, they all become mm -hmm. duels with yeah. the green or the black, right? <laughs> I think they're yeah. good if you're a responsible gamer. I've just seen so many games where people are like, they have so many colorless lanes on the battlefield and they can't cast their spells because they're like, oh, I have an Urborg. I'll find my Urborg eventually and it'll be fine. Nah. And it's like I you're losing like multiple, you're, you're, you're time walking yourself. No, not time. You're time stopping yourself multiple <laughs> turns because you've made a bad mana base and you're waiting for your Urborg to make everything you, right. And I'm like, no. You just. Block those games out of your mind, Tomer, and think about the games where you made like 30 mana and did something really cool with your Cabal Coffers and forget forget about all those games. That's my technique. Fine. <laughs> all right. We're running long, but I want to sneak in one more card. Uh, I'll, I'll, so, since we called this 10 examples, I'll, I'll give you guys four examples. We're going to talk about one and then and then quit. So we'll give <laughs> you a bonus too. So I actually had Negate, Krim had Mirkwood Bats, Tomer had Windfall. But the card I wanted to, to, to zero in on is Seth's Sign in Blood at 10%. How can an efficient card draw two mana for two cards be overrated, Seth? That's <sighs> a weak condition. So, so well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, technically, if your opponent's down at two, you can get them. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of uh, these small one-shot card draw effects, especially doubly so in black. Uh, you're paying two mana. You're only getting two cards. So you're spending one card to do this. So you're only ending up plus one card. And if you're in black, you have access to a lot of repeatable card draw effects. You got Don't black market connections. Arena. You got Necropo ins. <laughs> Don't say <you> <laughs> In arena, no. in arena. But there's like, and then you have bigger burst card draw effects, well, like X card draw effects, where you can refill your whole hand at once. So I think these cards are just like not necessary. I can see an argument for them in blue, like spell slinger style decks, where you just need to cast instants and sorceries to do your thing. But that's not usually how black decks play. So I'm actually like, I don't understand why Sign and Blood is one of the most played black cards. Can you guys help me with this? Like, why? Why do so many people play Sign and Blood? What is the actual like? reasoning for this because i never play sign of blood like i'm a zero percent sign of blood guy strictly because not everyone has access to secret rendezvous seth <laughs> no, so here, oh god no. so I, I say most people <laughs> oh, like god. why do you play far seek and not explosive oh, vegetation right because if you keep a two lander right you yeah. need to fire off card draw to keep hitting land drops and that is the reason why you play like the smaller uh, efficient card draw. Like, of course, you want to snap off a blue send zenith <laughs> for 20, but if you are stuck on two lands or three lands the entire game, Krim, <clears throat> I usually like yeah, you, yeah. you for sure 
want like some of these like smaller car drops in the same way you want to go far seek into explosive vegetation rather than like pass, pass, pass explosive vegetation or even worse, land, land, miss land drop, miss land drop, miss land drop, discard, 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 then finally explosive vegetation, right? So this efficient card draw, I think, is absolutely needed, and people are greeting their way out of it. And Ooh. a lot of non-games are happening because they're just stuck on like two lands, three lands, Ooh. or they miss a land drop and eventually recover, but they lost a turn because they've decided to load up with, you know, top end card draw that like can draw lots of cards. For, so you're assigning blood before, before anybody that. yells at me. I, think I yes. I got mana screwed on 40 lands. I'm just saying. That's all, that's all I'm going to well, say. Well, maybe you sign can, blood can see one more. more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so before anyone's like, oh, but Krim only plays like 31 lands. It's like, that was for one episode where my curve was like two. And then yeah. ever since then, I've had to tell you, I play 40 lands. I play 38 lands even. Um, so, like me and Kiki. Like, look, yeah, well, I mean, you did play a lot of Kiki, though. Like, I you did have definitely like more. two over <laughs> four years ago. <laughs> I will say, I think that Sign in Blood is also played for exactly, do you know when, when, when you like crack a fetch land and people are like, ha ha, do you have a stifle in response? Yes, I actually do, right? So because of that, I think, ha ha, you could sign in blood me. Well, I actually am. So I think it's for the memes. 10% I think, burn spell. 10% are memers. What have we learned after our family feud episode? There's a lot of memers, which I love, yeah. by the way. And I would definitely play a lot of cards simply for the meme. Not because it's efficient, but there is meme value. Okay. okay. Meme value is a big percentage, <laughs> right? When you think about what casual commander is, why wouldn't I want to try to meme kill you? Let me ask like, you that. I feel like Krim would like my Selenia deck because it's literally a, a win condition in the deck. Like, side and blood. I'll do repaying kind, get everybody down to two or less life, and then That's good side and blood to kill. Or get them. Yeah. What do you think of Sign and Blood, Tomer? So far, I don't like it. Richard likes it. Krim wants to get people I like with it. it. Where are you? I at like it. it. I don't card. run it all the time, but I do. I do definitely agree with Richard that it makes your starting hands like less clunky because it just means it's you can keep more hands and uh, you won't get mana screwed as much. And I I think it's a good uh, role player in that. And even like even if it doesn't have synergy into the deck, like you mentioned, Spellsinger. I feel like there are there is merit to having like generic cards that don't don't require synergy. Like if you have if you need like an engine to start drawing cards, like that's well and good and it's going to be better than Sign and Blood. But sometimes like you get board wiped and you don't have your engine pieces online anymore and this just always does the job. So I actually like it. I don't put it in all my black decks, but like I have it in Toshiro and I have it in Selenia. And Selenia it's literally a win condition, so it's actually like really busted there, but <laughs> I would just I would jam the Frexine Arena. This this is no. that's my that's my thing. I would rather have the repeatable like long game card draw than this one shot card draw. And plus, we can mulligan. If your argument is like I want to keep sketchy hands, why don't you just mull why don't you just mulligan into a not sketchy hand? That would be an easy solution that doesn't require sign and blood. But it had Sol Ring in that hand. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think so. I like sets with the three mana card draw, but like sometimes you don't have access to three mana card draw. And if your not card draw starts at four either. or like a yeah. synergy piece, like say Welcoming Vampire, then you got to play some two mana card draw to smooth it out because like you have to hit a land drop every turn. And if you don't hit a land drop, it's like horrendous, right? So you need to make sure you can get access to card selection or card draw or something in the early turns to make sure you're hitting like every single land drop from like turns one to six or seven or whatever. And I think that's worth playing Sign of Blood. I think most decks would be the same or better if you just replaced a card from the deck and put in Sign of Blood. I like, really want to ramp on to you. Yeah, that's that might be true. That, I want to ramp on to and then do something <laughs> in the future, <laughs> like Frexine Arena. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so those are our examples of EDH Rec being wrong. We we got a couple classes of cards, like Precon cards, CDH cards, very specific synergy cards, nostalgia cards, uh, sixty card handovers that people <laughs> meme remember cards don't forget meme, meme cards <laughs> meme cards we, we need to know how many percentage of memers are here yeah, uh, we so need yeah meme let us percentage. know if we, we missed anything any other cards you think should have been here or uh, anything we're wrong on let us know in the comments and we'll see you here back next week see ya see ya <laughs>